Welcome to episode number 38, Low Tox Your Life with Alex Stewart. Welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. I'm your host, Annette Lakovich. Join me as I bring you the most cutting edge, coolest people in the planet to help you live a bigger, fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business. Now, let's go. Now attracting easy money, wow. In your business, your relationships, you can have it. Your self-esteem with speaking another language. It's a special, raise your glasses. Your business is now speaking to the masses. Welcome to the show. Today, I bring you Alex Stewart. She is the author of the brand new book called Low Tox Life, a handbook for a healthy you and a happier planet. We dive in deep today, guys. Oh my gosh, this woman has so much, so much knowledge. I just want to be stuck somewhere with her just so she could just educate me on everything she knows. Uh, The closest thing I'm going to get to her is currently with her book and her interview, and she's got some great courses, which I found out today as well. Uh, Let me just tell you a little bit about Alex. She's an author, a podcaster with a show that's been running since 2016. She's a thought leader, an influencer, and an educator, and she's built a following of 62,000 followers on Facebook. The links are all there today mentioned on the show. You can either scroll below if you listen to on iTunes, and the link is there. Otherwise, AnnetteLakovich.com forward slash low tox life, all one word, low tox life. Let's bring on now. Welcome to Alex Stewart. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Annette. Absolute pleasure. And I know that we were trying to get you back in, I think around August, but then you had your book launch. So yes, no, there was absolutely no way I could have done anything <laughs> until literally this week. Yeah. And when you're talking about yeah. like low tox in your life, you're talking about, you know, not having stress as well. I know your book goes into meditation and it goes into grounding mm. techniques. So I totally get it that, you know, you're not going to overwhelm yourself. How, how was the book launch? What was that like? And, yeah, it's just been incredible, you know, yeah. to meet room after room after room full of people, feel the energy of whole rooms full of people who really just want to do better by people and planet. Like it is just such a positive space to be in. Oh. So I've been loving it. To really feel very hopeful for our future mm-hmm. when you've got this many people who care. I feel like that's the direction that... You know, the more people are putting the message out there like yourself, the more we're getting aware um, and really just making the manufacturers and the the crap that they put in food and just really pulling up their socks more and just, you know, the word's getting out. So tell me, let's let's start at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Why the heck are you so passionate about this subject? Do you have a story or an aha moment or something that happened to you that made you sort of turn this direction? Yeah, absolutely. So I did not um, grow up in a green household, particularly environmentally conscious. My dad was passionate about rubbish and was, you know, part of Clean Up Australia and all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the food we ate, the personal care products, cleaning products, things we furnished our home with, um, way we bought clothes, etc., like um, things that we used in our kitchen to cook with, none of that stuff was given any consideration in terms of our health or the planet. Basically because uh, we just assumed that people had checks and balances against things that went on shelves in in stores, you know. 60 years ago, we didn't have to try and differentiate between real food and fake food. And now we do. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, don't 
don't freak your kids out about like food and and make them scared of all these additives and stuff. And well, yeah, we have to actually. Mm. This is a new problem we have to deal with that we didn't have to deal with before. Um, my grandmother never had a, had to teach. Um, her kids anything other than not too much sugar sweetie now it's a freaking minefield of what's in stuff um (laughs) and our moisturizers shampoos candles and um and uh and pillows are no different oh yeah it's just yeah and the more I learn and the more I'm just reading especially from your book as well it's like it's just I thought I was aware and you realize the more you're aware the more you don't know it's oh, like absolutely. Just, it's just like I things are am, just continually. Yes. Like you just said the pillow and I was like, did I miss that in the book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't panic. I always teach people do not panic, do not overwhelm yourself. But, yeah, the way it started for me was um, it sounds a bit sort of uh, health writer cliche but out of my own um situation where I was not well and I had repeat tonsillitis over and over and over again, lots of migraines. And, uh, and with the tonsillitis got to the point where antibiotics just weren't working anymore. Like I was on the strongest strep throat antibiotics you could be on and they just didn't work. And I didn't know what antibiotic resistance was back then. Didn't know until a couple of, uh, maybe a decade or two later. But, um, what I did know was that I needed to do something different. And, a girlfriend of mine said, look, maybe you need to see a naturopath. You know, I know it sounds a bit crazy. And I was like, I don't even know what one of those is. Like, (laughs) please explain. And so she did. And I was like, oh, that sounds um, weird, but yeah, let's go for it. And I found one and Christine changed my life. She put me on a three-day semi-fast of very, very simple brown rice cooked carrots and chicken broth and a really disgusting blend of herbs, which I tend to enjoy the taste of these days, but I know when people are first starting. (laughs) When you first have them, it's like, (laughs) I used to hold my Um, nose when I used to take it like a shot. Exactly, (laughs) me too. It used to make me feel physically ill, but now I'm just like, shots anyone I would have said that about tequila a decade ago anyway um and so yeah she got me all better in three days and I thought it was three absolutely days. miraculous yeah I sweat like a crazy woman at night like just it was like the fever was just an infection yeah. was pouring out of me and then boom I was better and she suggested I quit gluten and uh, that was terrifying because I'm a half Frenchie and, uh, <laughs> you know, gluten is pretty much in <laughs> the DNA of French people. But um, but I'd been so sick so often that I was, you know, I was curious. I thought, let's just treat this as a bit of an experiment. Uh, I'm pretty sure I can identify wheat, barley, oats and rye on ingredients, you know, put me out in the supermarket. But what horrified me was just how much gluten I had been consuming in everything mm. from my little breakfast shake popper thing that I used to have to um, to some of the sauces I used. Some of the mixed herbs and spices had hidden gluten and you weren't just looking for wheat, barley, oats and rye. It was disguised as all sorts of funny names like mm. hydrolyzed vegetable protein, natural flavors, and that's what got me kind of realizing how many, you know, how gluten was probably the least of our concerns with all this other weird stuff that was in our food. Wow. But it was such a gift to have to give the gluten away because I had to learn how to cook. I wasn't just going to have steamed chicken yeah. and steamed veggies for the rest of my life. That would be a bit boring. 
So I really had to have a bit of a play with things, start using gluten-free flours because otherwise the uh, store-bought options back then 15 years ago were cardboard. It was disgusting. Yeah. So I, I just had to come up with my own exciting things to make and that's how I became a cook. Before that, I, mean, I couldn't roast a chicken until I was about 30 years old. <laughs> I just thought that was something miraculous. What, that what age was that? Made. What age was that when you went to the naturopath? I was a, I was 28, so it was 28. years ago. I remember hearing you say in an interview that you realised you were working with perfumes, like in the beauty industry. Oh, yes, up until I was 25. And I literally, in retrospect, I know what you're going to say, so I'm just going to say it. Um, <laughs> literally, yeah. when I left fragrances and perfumes and cosmetics, the migraines left with it. It was actually quite incredible if you look at the timeline of when I stopped getting headaches and migraines on a regular basis. Mm. Uh, and I just think that's, um, you know, I didn't even realise it back then. I naturally knew I felt better, but I just thought that was because I'd left a job I no longer liked. Mm. So you kind Who of knew? on a bit of a high. When you Who do knew that, all those but... chemicals that were floating around spraying on people's necks and wrists and. <laughs> Right. Oh, absolutely. And I never like the idea of making anyone on my watch while they're on this journey starting to get curious feel bad about what they used to do. I just think that's a complete waste of time to yeah. go, oh, my God, I was killing my hormones or, you know, whatever, because you didn't know. Let it go. Mm. Get excited about what you know from today. Change what you know from today. Um, and how exciting. There's so many business owners listening because when you apply some of this stuff to business, it means we create products differently. We choose packaging differently. The mind boggles at how much change we can collectively achieve together. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And it is just those slow steps, like you were saying at the very start, which is, you know, it's not to freak out and get overwhelmed. Um, for me, it's just been the last two years, it's just been slowly just getting rid of stuff. Um, mm. we, still, we talked pre-chat of the show about young living the essential oils i actually came across them 12 years ago and i was at a fitness expo and i wanted an oil just to burn in the house right <laughs> you're probably like oh god you don't burn oils and i went up to the stand and i said to the guy oh i'd like to look for an essential oil to burn in my home and he said well do you know that you shouldn't burn oils and then he starts mm -hmm. asking yeah. me all these questions and he says um, would you eat your toothpaste? <laughs> and I thought, this guy's like eccentric. He's like asking me all these questions. And I went, uh, no. He goes, well, why would you brush your teeth with it? And I said, because it cleans your teeth. And he goes, would you eat your shampoo? And I was like, where are you going with this? And then he was the first one. He said, I want you to listen to this CD and come back tomorrow because I was actually working. I had a stand at the, the fitness expedition as well. And he said, listen mm. to this tonight. And he said, and then come back. And I came back and I went, I'm in. <laughs> and that was the first, like, for me, the awareness of toxins in mm -hmm. our just our everyday stuff. So can you go through just some of the things for us to be aware of um, that we can start to reduce now? Actually, let's, let's go first, Alex. Can I ask you this? What would we say some of the ramifications that happen to us because of all the toxic chemicals that are in things? What are some of the things that happen to our bodies? Right. Oh, gosh, so many things. And the thing is, all of the, you can't, we always try to search for the one thing, you know, uh, whether it's we're trying to cure ourselves or figure out a root cause, we're always focused on finding the gene that's wrong or the 
supplement that's going to save the day or the thing that caused all of this. But really, I like to think of um, environmental toxin exposure uh, through our foods, through the things we put on ourselves, surround ourselves with in our homes as a soup. And Mm -hmm. the more ingredients you put in the soup, the greater the burden on our bodies to try and process the stuff. Uh, So, you know, it's more about the incessant barrage of collective stuff that we're exposed to ingesting or putting on our skin rather than any one particular thing. And that sure might sound quite overwhelming to a beginner because you think, oh my gosh, it's everything. Um, But really (laughs) it's, it's much more simple than that. And you can always start, which leads me to the, the first question you asked here. You can always start with some really hefty gains really quickly on um, your health by reducing some key stuff. And the number one thing I I would suggest would be synthetic fragrances in the home. Mm -hmm. And uh, so just like, just let's just have a think about an, a spiced apple and creme brulee candle. How the heck did they get spiced apples and creme brulee into a candle? And just sit with that for a second Mm. and You know, laugh because otherwise you'd cry when you start to realise how much of a synthetic process those things would have to go into to become spiced apple and creme brulee, or even worse, how it so doesn't even actually smell like a beautiful apple pie coming out of the oven or a creme brulee that you're tucking into. You know, like think about your air, your fabric softener and the word spring fresh mm. and then think about yourself walking past a big um, wall of jasmine. It's just like they don't have anything in common. They do not smell anything like each other. Nature always trumps the synthetic fragrances. Mm. Can and I so, just say yeah. on that... I love that you've said that one as the first tip because Mm. I I just get this feeling when I see the Airwick ads and the automatic like sprays that it has in the home. (laughs) That's like my least favorite noise. And yeah. And then if you're, yeah. And then when you're in a public bathroom, let's just say if it's in a nice hotel or it it has this automatic thing that just sprays. And I remember Mm. once we had a boardroom session and I actually walked out before it even started because it had one actually in the boardroom session. Mm, and I said, wow. is there something that we can actually turn off? Because this is going to give me hay fever and I really don't want it on. <laughs> I was like, I yeah. didn't want this spraying every 30 seconds for the next eight hours. So I'm just glad that you have brought that up because it just yeah. makes me. It's number one. And really, like if anyone out there is thinking, oh, my gosh, not my scented candles, not my fabric softener, I love them, then just I'm going to issue a challenge right here, right now. Put your air wicks, your, any kind of air freshener that you have, the scented reeds, the candles that are smelly, the fabric softener, put it all in a box, chuck it in your garage. So I'm not asking you to throw it away, not yet, uh, and <laughs> just leave it there for two weeks. Then after two weeks, bring it all back, unpack the box, use it all again, light everything, plug everything back in, chuck it in your wash, do all the things you normally would do and observe how you feel Mm -hmm. after having had a clean air environment in your home for two weeks. It is unbelievable how um, profound the realisation is for people at that point. 
amazing. Wow. So that would be the number one thing I would do. Love yeah. that. What would you do as a swap for that? What would be a good swap? So uh, for your candles, just just actually accept that scents aren't supposed to be in candles. If you try to put essential oils in candles, with the exception of lemongrass, they burn into carcinogenic compounds, so you don't want that either. Uh, and uh, just go with your straight-up 100% pure honey beeswax candles. My favourite is the Queen Bee beeswax candles. Um, Kate does an incredible job. And I actually had her on my show, show number 75. Uh-huh. If you didn't think you could be totally enthralled by a one-hour and ten-minute conversation about scented and non-scented candles, trust me when I say people <laughs> rave about it as being the best show they've ever heard on the podcast. So um, that's that's a little hot tip there. Great. Um, So swap those for honeybee candles. Uh, Swap your uh, all other scents for essential oils. If you are someone who has histamine issues, you're prone to hives and hay fever in the springtime and those sorts of things, just stay away from florals, even in the essential oils. Mm -hmm. Stick to woods spices, citruses and mints, much, much better um, for people who have those tendencies Um, because a lot of people go, oh, it's natural, it must be fine. But, of course, you know, people can be allergic to things in nature, so you've just got to be a little bit careful there and really um, you'll know which ones work for you. Things like lemon, peppermint tend to be like the safest essential oils on the planet and just choose a brand that is pure, 100% transparent, has really good waste management practices and closed loop practices on their farms. That's personally why I choose Young Living mm-hmm. um, and uh, and go from there. You will just, you know, diffuse them. Yeah. Cold air diffusing and diffuse. Is, go diffuse is the word. Mm-hmm. We don't, don't burn. burn. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. I love that swap. And then for um, fabric softener, just swap to using uh, a third of a cup of bicarb in your rinse um, cycle. And uh, then, of course, just add a few essential oils. If you use a dryer, one of my favourite things to do is to pop about 20 drops of grapefruit oil on a... what do you call those things? Tea towel. Yeah. Because you don't sort of mind if it has a bit of an oily stain in the corner of one of your old <laughs> tea towels. And then it just kind of swishes around in your dryer and perfumes everything. Oh, I love um, that. So it's great for the apartment dwellers among us who don't have big hills hoists and gardens and things to dry things in. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Fantastic. works really well. Fantastic. Awesome. What's another thing then? I love this. Gosh, we could do a whole show yeah, just on scents. <laughs> I know we could. So, but the other thing that I find to be super, super important to prioritize in your low tox swaps is water. Mm-hmm. So many people are still, so many people make the switch to things like boxed um, goon bag water mm-hmm. um, or um, alkaline water that is in plastic and plastic and plastic. Uh, and you are you are doing yourself a massive disservice by drinking from plastic water bottles and, of course, our beautiful environment. Mm-hmm. So getting a good water filter is imperative. And, uh, and I think you'll be airing this show in a couple of weeks, which means I can give you guys a discount. Yay. I will pop that... I'll pop it for you in the show notes because um, I've, do you I've done use? a I use the Waters Co. water filters. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the only ones that don't have any aluminium components anywhere in their filtration. Wow. And they add minerals back in at the end. A lot of filtration takes everything out, mm-hmm. but it doesn't put back in what your body's looking for in the balance 
of drinking water, which is a whole bunch of trace minerals. Mm. So um, I just love their water filters and they're a bit more exy, but, uh, you know, I'm a buy once, buy well kind of gal and yeah. um, and they're wonderful. Yeah. yeah. My mother-in-law actually says when you buy quality, you only cry once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, right. you, you know, the first time you do it, but then, then something yes. like this with water, um, with the amount that well, I don't know if everyone drinks the amount that I would drink, but the amount that we drink, it's just huge, absolutely huge. Mm. What about something is- like you can get from um, from the supermarket? Like, a, is it the the ones that are in a jug, like a Britex? I think they are, like the little water. Oh, yeah, those I know. Uh, so you have you are taking out chlorine and a few pesticide. Um, residues with um, those and a few bacteria but the actual sophistication of the filter itself is not very sophisticated Mm -hmm. in terms of the breadth of what it can remove and uh, and the particle size that it can remove and then you pay an absolute mozza for refills in that system Uh, so (laughs) I I, it's the um, customer return strategy (laughs) yeah exactly which is very smart for business, but when it's a kind of so-so filter in the yes. first place, and if you look uh, at probably what you're it saying, costs a lot in the long run. Yeah, then yeah, um, no, I mm. think just get one great benchtop water filter, and then you can just fill up your bottles at home. And uh, and I, I personally like having a good big ten liter capacity uh, because just of the practicality of it, not mm-hmm. having to try and filter water all the time. Yeah, um, mm. tell me about some of the harms the harmful um, things that can happen to our body from taking all these toxins in? What are some of the things that you know of? Well, when we talk about those fragrances, for example, um, many of which contain chemicals called phthalates, uh, you can disrupt your hormone balances. So endocrine disruptive chemicals, so BPA um, and uh, and leaching from plastic water bottles will do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Endocrine disruptive chemicals uh, either mimic or block our natural hormone signaling. And, uh, and that can affect your sex binding hormones. It can affect your thyroid. It can affect... Um, cortisol, cortisone, it can affect uh, your serotonin, melatonin, um, epinephrine, norepinephrine, like all of your endocrine system. So So no sex, no sleep, and you get fat. (laughs) And no baby. (laughs) Yeah, my gosh, like the quadfecta. So bad. One in six couples is having trouble giving you know get falling mm-hmm. pregnant and maintaining a healthy pregnancy these days that is a lot of people yeah so um yeah it's it's a big one in and mm. getting rid of those synthetic fragrances the bpa the parabens the pesticide residue from our water because pesticide is one of the biggest exposures to endocrine disruptive chemicals that we experience uh, a lot of people don't realize that that's the case and people think endocrine disruption oh it must be our cosmetics mm-hmm. no no it's our food as well if we're conventional produce so um you know yeah really really exciting that we can have such a dramatic impact Wow. Could you give us one more tip that we could um, take from our home or look what we do every day that we could change? That's a nice, simple change or a simple swap. Totally. So one of my favourite things to do is to help people change their pillow because we our hot little sweaty faces are on that thing all night, um, hopefully all night if we're sleeping well and a good long seven-plus hours. And, uh, and a lot of people are sleeping against synthetic fibres mm-hmm. or 
uh, mold and dust. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So many people, wow. I know men going to bed with wet, damp hair from a shower. And you mm-hmm. think, what? That is ridiculous. It's, just, it's like breeding ground for mold. So, you A, you want to replace your pillow once a year. That's just a, a must do. Mm-hmm. And B, you want to go with either pure natural latex or for the one in uh, four in, I think it's one in a hundred, or is it four in a hundred? Might be four in a hundred people that are allergic to latex in some right. way. Um, you want to go with pure wool or pure um, down feather. So, but you just want to make sure with that that you're being responsible about where the down is sourced from and it's traceable down. Yes, um, yeah. And, and not some of that horrific live plucking that happens in Asia and things like that. Oh. Um, but for the vegans. You want to go for pure, natural, 100% latex, mm-hmm. um, and everybody else uh, can go with wool or um, the traceable down. Mm. Um, biggest tip for deodorants, what you use, because for me, I had this smelly right um, problem, right? <laughs> it didn't matter yeah. what natural deodorant I used. I could not find one that would just combat that until last year and I found one um though I've noticed that she's out of supplies and I have a feeling being and we all know ladies um listening if you're a small business owner um you know maybe she hasn't got the gift to be able to get it out there and be able to get the quantities out so I have a feeling she's actually shutting up shop but she's got the one deodorant that actually works for me for my husband I can be speaking on stage all day I need a tip on what to swap to. Have you got one that you love? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I've got a couple that I love. The super-duper heavy-duty is the Axilla from Black Chicken Remedies, um, and she also has a sensitive one without the bicarb for people who find they get rashes from bicarb deodorants or bicarb-containing yes. deodorants. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one that I adore is the Fresca Unscented. I find for me, even if I have scented, like naturally scented uh, essential oils in my armpit area, that still makes me stinky. It's like my body is just trying to get rid of anything that anything other than <laughs> unscented stuff. And so unscented for me all the way. Wow. Um, and it's because a lot of people think, oh, I've got to have scent in there because that covers up the yes, smell. Yes, yeah. Not necessarily if your mm. body's reacting to even natural fragrances. Yeah, so it's a really important one to um, to be mindful of. Actually, the other one that I don't have an issue with that is scented is the Young Living Mint. Um, I think it's called, is it called Mountain Mint? Or Yeah, there's Mountain Gosh, Mint and there's, there's um, something meadow. Um, and I've tried both of them, but yeah, unfortunately, they still didn't work with that right armpit. <laughs> now, just that in, right armpit. It's that right armpit. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on there. But yeah, so, definitely um, Fresca Unscented and Axilla yeah. from Black Chicken. They're Love awesome. That. I've, really, my really client awesome. actually uses Black Chicken. So, because um, I said to her, gosh, how can I forget that name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, do it, you know how Black Chicken started? No. Well, she got the name because she had horrific skin problems and she decided to start trying to mix up her own cosmetics. Mm -hmm. And the little bowl that she made her very first own face product in, uh, you know, like an oil um, with essential oils in it, uh, was in a little ceramic bowl and it had a, a painting of a little black chicken on it and that's what she ended up calling the brand. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Isn't that cute, huh? Yeah. I, the business I love how those little ideas just come up like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you just give everyone the lowdown on why it's important to swap your deodorants? Um, 
I, I'll just give you a really quick um, story with one of our neighbours, um, very large lady, and um, always trying to look at helping pieces of a life. Do you ever find when you meet someone and like there's like like everything that they're doing is just affecting their hormones, their weight, their level of happiness. Um, and I remember like working bits and pieces with her. Like we just have chats out the front, like with a barbecue and that. And, um, and she says, um, yeah, she goes, you know, oh, we went to Coles today, you know, they had a three for three for the price of two 24 hour, um, dove, deodorant on sale and I was like oh gosh (laughs) like where do I start Mm. can you just give everyone the lowdown why it's important to change your deodorant so a the bad news is is we're actually meant to sweat it's one of our detox pathways it's one of the ways our body regulates itself uh, and it's extremely important to sweat. B, it's extremely important to not use antiperspirants um, because they block ducts that are trying to remove toxins from our body. And uh, C, aluminium is one of those things that does that mm-hmm. and uh, in a lot of commercial deodorants. And uh, it's, B, it's, it's linked to, not conclusively yet, you know, not, not in a way that there's a medical consensus it is linked to breast cancer however um and i I was giving a talk in on my book tour just last week a woman had breast cancer and she said the first thing her oncologist told her to do was to stop using absolutely all personal care completely Mm. like just stop using all of it deodorant first and if that doesn't tell you what the people who are at the forefront of the research actually treating cancer patients you know this is what they're now starting to recommend so yeah clearly they believe that there's some substance to some of these initial studies that have been done that still require bigger studies of course um and look i think i think the writing's already on the wall with a lot of this stuff though you've got big big companies involved and money's going to be taken off the table and you know, they're going to kick and scream and do whatever they can to try and keep their business alive. I actually heard, I don't know if you heard about Nestle with the mac and cheese, um, mm, not selling yeah. in America, and now they're transporting it to, um, you know, second and third Developing countries. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, well. <laughs> that's classic. Yeah. Uh, okay, if we can't sell it here, we'll find somewhere else that, isn't concerned about this mm. yet and we'll sell it there because we're getting more, and more educated we're getting more educated mm. and you know when we're being able to support ourselves financially and i think the um the more um financially secure we become the more we can actually access this type of stuff do you know what i mean we can really some people think that it's <laughs> it's expensive to really eat clean and eat organic but it's it's just as expensive to be sick and <laughs> not be able to support oh, yourself absolutely mm. i couldn't agree more and i think often it's a mind shift and often it's just stopping to listen stop listening to the cultural messages around switching to organic like we are told that that kind of stuff is for posh people mm. for for wealthy people but I can tell you anyone who has a small plot of land or can join a community garden 
start growing their own, it's way cheaper than buying stuff in a supermarket. There is always a way. You have to actually just want to do it in the first place. That is so true. Uh, The farmer's market, I have one five minutes down the road from me. I'm about to Mm -hmm. move to Perth, so I've actually found my next farmer's market. But it took me – Yeah, oh, great. Um, I I was told – I was actually taken to the farmer's market and because it was so different, because I was used to shopping at Coles or at the, you know, Woolworths, it took a while just to sort of get into it. And I'm Mm. telling you, I just buy all organic. Um, There's one area that I can't get the organic berries, but they're spray free. They grow them in a glass house, which is perfect. Um, Totally spray free. And it's actually cheaper to do my full grocery shopping for the week there. <laughs> but like mm. you said, it's just And do you know of- why it's often cheaper? And this is something people don't often realise. Because you just don't have all the extra stuff in front of your eyes, mm. you're not buying it. Of course. You know, we, like snacks are the biggest mix, misnomer. We don't need them. Yeah. We, if we get our meals right and our produce right, we do not need snacks. And uh, it's all and the so incidentals. You're right. I've never known that. Oh my gosh. That's why you're so much healthier shopping at the farmer's markets. No wonder I lost 15 yeah. kilos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just, you're just not seeing all the things that you don't need and therefore not buying them. It's mm, amazing. Wow. Now tell us, you've got your podcast, you've got the book and I noticed that you've got courses. Tell us about some of your courses and what we can learn from you. Yeah, so the courses started because uh, about five years ago now, I realized we had a community size of about 10,000-ish back then, and uh, and now it's over 70,000. But I was just up until 1, 2 in the morning writing to Betty about her kettle options, Sarah about her sunscreen for her kids. <laughs> like I could go on forever about individual replies that I was making to people. I thought... I felt frustrated. I felt burnt out. I felt broke because it was taking me a lot of time to reply to everybody. And I thought, and and I was frustrated because I wasn't reaching as many people as I felt that I needed to, to help make massive change. And because you can't on an individual basis, the world will always need clinicians and physicians for people to see one-on-one. Absolutely. Because you can't put a price on one-on-one consultation and support. But in terms of general lifestyle changes, one-to-many works and one-to-many is is the way that we're going to get the world changing yeah. as fast as we need it to. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, how do I do this one-to-many? And uh, I had I had done a couple of e-courses myself and kind of – but they were more businessy and I, I sort of didn't really realise that I could – run an e-course, mm-hmm. but out of sheer necessity, I thought, what if I put all of this information into topics and help people change every aspect of their day-to-day life in a course and call it, you know, 30 days to your low-tox life? And the first round was born, 360 people jumped into that round. It Fabulous. was awesome. It was awesome. It was mayhem. It was inspiring. <laughs> But what it did was it meant that I could actually uh, earn money changing people's lives, which meant that I could. it was sustainable in the financial sense for me mm-hmm. to not go out and look for a job um, and I could do this instead. And that was far more fulfilling to me and people wanted me to do it. I think people really like the fact that I'm just a regular person, very pragmatic, 
not a an alarmist, not an extreme black and white thinker. You know, everybody's starting from where they're at and I just like to pick them up there and take them to their next step and help them figure out what that looks like for them. Mm. So actual empowered education versus guru mindset where the guru does all the perfect things and then we all feel shit because we are never going to be as good as the guru. I just hate (laughs) that. I don't think it's productive for our mental health. And I just knew that I could be a responsible educator. I had been an educator in cosmetics and and, um, and beauty. I had been an educator in hospitality. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd written huge training programs for massive hospitality groups. And I knew I could do that and that could be where I could contribute in this space. So the first course was born. I only called it 30 Days to Your Low-Tox Life once because I realised that there was a mental health aspect to that that I wasn't comfortable with right. was the idea that people would think that they actually had to change everything in 30 days. And, you know, it's taken me the best part of 15 years and I'm still going on some bigger yes, ticket things. Yeah. I still have my forever home dream, you know, totally green mm-hmm. home, all those sorts of things. So we're never done. And so that's when I changed it to Go Low Tox. And, uh, and the words low tox were words that I came up with personally in 2009, which really spoke to that idea of not liking messaging around quitting this or being free from or non ah, or not. yes, yeah. Hated all that messaging. Mm-hmm. It didn't sit right with me and therefore... Um, and therefore the low, you know, was, was a nicer, gentler kind of word. Yes, yeah. And, yeah it's um, interesting. And then the rest of the courses were born, you know. Mm. It just People were like, okay, now teach me about food. I was like, okay, let's write a food course. And Real Food Rockstyles was born because so many people are confused about food. So many people being told to eat raw for your best health ever, eat cooked for your best health ever, do this protocol, this protocol, this protocol, and not anything works for everyone. And... So in that course, I just teach everybody to rem- remember that they are their best health professional. They're the ones. Yes. Yeah. So let's learn about the food system and uh, all the different options and and treat it as one big, beautiful, curious experiment. Mm. And that's just been exciting. And that takes and then, the pressure off as well. When you take the yeah. pressure off, things do seem more doable. And That's right. I think and there's different yeah. foods that work for different periods in our lives, different medical situations we might find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. There's never one diet for a lifetime, even for one person, mm-hmm. let alone everybody. So, yeah, that was a wonderful thing to create. And um, and then now we have six. So we have Thrive, which helps parents teach their kids to love real food because we're having a lot of issues in that area. Yes. Fuss eating is rife. Uh, and then um, what else do we have? Low-tox kids, so for parents who specifically want to work on environmental toxins, how they affect children and what kind of aspects of going low-tox are specific to kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a couple that are very specific to health goals, so preconception ninja and inflammation ninja mm. because I have a horrific experience with mould that caused massive amounts of inflammation in my body and brain and uh, and it cost me tens of thousands of dollars to sort that out and I'm still sorting it out and I just wanted people to have access to information cheaply. It's only $85 mm-hmm. and, um, and help them find answers and the right practitioners way sooner. 
Yeah. Uh, and then Precondition Ninja because so many women affected by endocrine disruptive chemicals over the decades and their partners as well. I just wanted to um, help people have babies easier. That's That should be our birthright yeah. to be able to reproduce. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just wonderful to provide responsible, non-alarmist, practical education. I, I adore it and, and the communities that build around those courses. Oh, and thank you because um, for the listeners today, you're giving 20% off all of your courses up until uh, end of December, is it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, can you, you give a shout-out to the URL? It, guys, um, everything everything that Alex has mentioned today, we're going to have all the links there anyway, and we'll also have the code there. But if you just, um, you know, in front of a computer right now, just give them just the um, the code. Yeah, absolutely. So you jump onto the lowtoxlife.com website and we're Lotox Life. I'm Lotox Life for everything. So it's at Lotox Life Instagram, Facebook, it's Lotox Life. The book is called Lotox Life. <laughs> Everything's called Lotox Life to make it nice and easy. And then once you're on lotoxlife.com, you'll see the courses tab and then just click view all courses and you'll see the page where all of them are there with a little blurb. And then you can go into more detail on the one that takes your fancy. Um, the discount code though is LTL capitals mm-hmm. and then little letters course and then the number 20. So LTL course 20. And that's all one word. Yep. No hyphens, nothing. Yep. That. Okay, exactly. perfect. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to check out the kitty one because <clears throat> our son Braxton has never tried McDonald's actually drove past it once and, and recognised it from TV, funny enough. He said, <laughs> I think that's McDonald's. And I said, how do you know that? And he said, they have the best burgers in the world. And I went, wow. Oh, gosh. The TV's going <laughs> off. <laughs> but he's just started to, this year, had parties. And we've never, like, I was very strict on him at school, at preschool and at daycare where I would make his gummy bears and, you know, he's never had a snake. And um, this year we decided, okay, when there's birthdays at schools, he can have whatever the little lollies are that they're giving out. He can have the fairy bread. And because I do, they, they say, does he have, is he um, celiac? I said, no, we just choose not to do gluten. But, you know, on these little parties. But the funny thing is, not funny, it's, it's just so painful because now he's tasted what's different he now mm-hmm. wants it. And when I saw there was a video about the, the one of your trainings with the kids and it's the, the, they love this processed packaged food, um, so I cannot wait to actually do that course because mm. I just want to know how do, I, how do we detrain and how do we – I'd like to get some yeah. other parents' input. <laughs> well, I think the main thing – let's just talk about that for a sec before we wrap up because I think it's a really important thing and I don't want people to sort of kind of go, oh, my God, what, what would she have said in an answer? Um, the main thing is is that we forget that our children love really reasonable sound explanations for things. Often we just say, no, you can't have that. It's bad. Mm. It's kind of like trying to tell your husband who you want to change everything in the house oh, because everything's toxic. It's not <laughs> enough for people. We might know, but we haven't given them the, the benefit background. of understanding the why. And for them to successfully want to jump on board, they need to come to a why for themselves. Mm. So for kids... 
that looks like, um, you know, showing them a video about how McDonald's milkshakes are made on YouTube or fried. And you go, does that look like the same way we make milkshakes with ingredients that we recognize, sweetheart? Let's go make a yummy milkshake now. So you're actually giving them delicious options. Oh, let's have a burger night. but And then we get to choose exactly what we put in the burgers and yeah. you do deconstructed burgers and everybody gets to build their own. You make the equivalence of what they're seeing and thinking they want really fun, gorgeous and delicious while educating them on why when we have burgers, we make them ourselves or we have them at a good place like grilled or, you know, somewhere that does the right thing by people and planet and not at McDonald's. And then often, you know, with a birthday party, if if you're really uh, – either you have a child with allergies or you are just adamant that you don't want them eating party food, I, I can understand that. Personally, I always leave 5% for go with the flow with my own child because I think, you know – I'm just sick of looking like the strict mother for no reason. So now I just go, I'll just deal with that later. (laughs) So I just want to sit back and, oh, gosh. That we can actually say, you know what, why don't you go nuts on the watermelon and the plain chips, sweetie, at this party table, Um, and then uh, uh, let's bake a cake together later out of your favourite flavour chocolate. Um, and have some yummy cake later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you see some horrific bright blue birthday cake and you think that's going to send them around the bend for ages. Yeah. And then quietly at home. <laughs> the bright blue birthday cake. Make a cake with your sweetheart is because you know how that icing was blue? Well, let's actually have a look at an oil refinery and see whether we want any part of that oil refinery ending up inside our tummies and, you know, show them something on YouTube. Yes, a, a child from age three, four years old mm. can get their head around this stuff if you explain it really simply and basically and they will get that you're not just being a mean mummy or daddy, you just care about their health and you know that there are certain things yes. that aren't a great version of that thing and certain things that are and um and most of the time we just go for what's awesome Mm. and i thank you for that because i used to do that a lot and i think Mm. that i've I've dropped the ball in that area myself Um, and yeah and i think that it's like going back because he was like (laughs) i I thought to myself gosh my son by the time he's going to be 10 years old he's going to know everything about nutrition (laughs) It's like, hopefully I don't turn him into a, an anorexia call. Like, I'm just like, hopefully he's got the education there for the for the power. Um, well, yeah, you're right. You don't say things are evil or bad. You just you just celebrating the great the version of behind it. Yeah, 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 love right. that. Well, look, mm. this is a question for you. I finish the show with every um, interviewee. Are you ready, Alex? Yes. What's yes, the go for it. one me. thing now? Oh gosh. I don't know what you're going to go through with this one. <laughs> it's everything that you do in your life. But what's the one thing that you do on a daily to must be weekly, a weekly to daily basis that increases your vibration or your level of happiness? So daily, can I give you one daily, one weekly? I, yeah, let's <laughs> can do I it. Cheat? Oh, yeah. Look, if, if <laughs> just go for it. So one daily thing that I do that totally raises my vibration is be completely present inside a hug with my son. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, I love that human so much. And to hug him 
is uh, to hug someone that comes from you that you personally created yourself or, you know, someone that you adopted and and gave a beautiful life to, it doesn't need to be gave birth to, um, is just such an incredible privilege. And to be really present in the hug of a child, Mm -hmm. I think, is something that reminds you why you do what you do in your life, why you work so hard, why it is just for me, it's my greatest why. Um, And so connecting to that every single day is just so special and important. And when we're away from each other, because I'm touring or whatever, we always do um, phone, big long phone message hugs and, um, and chats about um, loving each other and stuff. So for me, that's like a number one. The weekly thing I do is I play tennis and the reason I do that, yeah, I know it just you know some. I'm sure I was. I'm supposed glad to say it's. I'm glad it's an activity. Or, <laughs> or I do meditation, or but no, the thing that gives me so much joy is tennis and whacking an amazing passing shot across from my coach or ah, a friend. Oh my gosh! I, I just adored tennis when I was a kid. I yeah. loved it. I lived for it. I was obsessed by it. And then 20 years went past where I basically didn't touch a racket. And just recently, I um, had a friend say in passing that she, um, her husband wasn't going to do the coaching lesson with her each week anymore. Um, so she was looking for someone, and I said, "Oh, um, can I do it?" And uh, and there we there we went. So we've been playing tennis together once a week ever since. And now we have family matches and the kids play on one court next to it. And it is, we've joined a tennis club and my son plays in the comp and we've joined all these tennis families. And it brings me so much joy to be a part of and play my favourite, favourite sport of all time every week. Uh, and yeah, I love it. It's, um, it's very fulfilling. 100% behind you with that. My, I get the same feeling with dancing. So yeah, it's the one go. thing yeah. that just... Nothing else can increase that vibration like that in a physical activity besides that dancing. And I think with any type of sport, when you really find that sport, that that physical activity, um, I think it's that one of it's that self-improvement. So you obviously got the endorphins and your serotonins or, you know, firing off and you've got those um, endorphins happening where you're feeling great. Um Though also I feel like it's that personal success because you're always nudging that bar forward for yourself and you can see yourself sort of getting better and better and better. Um, So Mm. I think it hits on so many different levels. Um, Absolutely. I'm so glad that you shared too. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Alex, um, thank you for an incredible interview and um, I can just imagine you, you, we could get stuck in an elevator and you could be, you know, fine talking for about a year on this stuff. You have so much Pretty much. <laughs> in that head of yours. Um, I'll make sure that we've got all the links there, guys, for Low Tox Life, for the podcast. Um, have a look at the podcast, incredible topics on there, and also the 20% discount on Alex's courses as well. Alex, thank you so much for sharing your brilliance today and um, good luck with welcome. the final part of your tour. I hope it goes incredibly well thank you so much what did i tell you massive download of information right you can hear that she's even got more to regurgitate there this is a gratitude portion of the show and this is a shout out to rita she's given me five stars thank you very much she says feel better now wow if you're wanting to feel good and happy this podcast is for you with a love heart like how you're able to do those little (laughs) emojis on there her life is contagious and this podcast will genuinely help you great education and awesome content 
thank you very much, Rita, for taking the time to jump onto iTunes. If you're not on iTunes, guys, and you're wanting to send me a message and a review, please go onto my Facebook page, Annette Lakovich Official, and just send me a personal inbox. I'm more than happy to read it out on the show to be able to share your review and to be able to help lift the vibration of me when I do the show. Just knowing that you're listening and giving me your feedback really fuels my mission in life. Until next week, make sure that you do something that lifts your level of vibration, makes you the happiest version of you. Some physical activity, something like a meditation or exercise like tennis, like Alex is doing, something that gets you moving or gets you really centered and being the brilliant version of you that you are. See you next week.